So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas hey everyone it's ben hartley with six figure photography and today we are sitting down with amy and jordan demos they are going to be talking to us a little bit about how to inject your brand with love and service and pass that on to our clients. Today's episode has been sponsored by Fundy Designer. Fundy gives design solutions for professional photographers. We use Fundy most notably with our album design. We are able to design like 100-page albums in like 15 minutes. It is so streamlined, so efficient. It just does what you want it to do. You think it and it pretty much happens. My favorite thing about it is you can design, proof, and then sell all within the same system. Today's episode has also been brought to you by the Photo Boost Supply Company. These guys have created a truly amazing product. Okay, this is hands down one of the best photo booths in the entire industry. It is streamlined, compact, beautifully designed, elegant, and can skyrocket your profits. There is truly no better option if you are considering adding a photo booth to your photography business. You guys, there is more information on both of these companies in the show notes, but for now, let's hop in and get a chance to talk to Amy and Jordan. I am super, super pumped and thrilled to be sitting here with two incredibly beautiful, uh, I'm going to be redundant and just go ahead and say attractive because I think you're beautiful on the inside and attractive on the outside. Uh, incredibly enthusiastic, talented, and and business savvy individuals, um, Amy and Jordan Demos. Um, you guys, thank you so much for sitting here with me, giving me an hour of your time, uh, and, and kind of schooling us on branding a bit. Thanks again, guys. Oh, yeah. thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank that you was for having a, us. That was a very best. sweet intro. We're going to have to take you everywhere with us. <laughs> At Every least like a recording. Yeah, like when we go to the grocery store, that would be awesome. <laughs> You're just like walking by the, the like the vegetable aisle, just like nodding your head, like, yeah, this is what I need. Like English royalty, we'll get you a trumpet and everything. <laughs> Dude, I would love a trumpet. That sounds great. Um, you guys, I want to talk uh, really specifically about branding because whenever I look uh, at your presence, that you have your your website, your Instagram, your your social media, like your branding is just so amazing. Uh, it's so personal. It's so intimate, and you too. And I just love it. And so I think that I think our audience can gain a ton. Uh, from what you guys have done. And so really your love story, your relationship is such a huge part of your brand. And I want to ask you more about that. So how did you two meet? How did you get started together into this life? 
Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, Jordan and I actually met in high school, um, our freshman English class to be exact. So I was 14 the first time I saw Jordan. I thought he was the cutest boy I had ever seen. And um, when I was 14, I was very shy, very quiet, and um, did never, never would be able to work up the nerve to tell him any of those things. So um, we actually did not start dating until our senior year of high school. Um, so we were 17 at the time. And and we dated all four years of college, and then we got married one month after our college graduation. That's awesome. I cannot picture you as, like, super shy right now. It's really hard for me to, like, envision that. I'm actually uh, I'm a total introvert yeah. um, at heart. And so anything like this, like interviews and talking, I always get so nervous. I totally get, like, these little butterflies in my stomach. Um, but, yeah, I, especially when I was 14, it was, like, a quiet girl to the max. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now contrast that. Jordan, um, how are you around that age? Like, <laughs> actually, maybe I'll, let me ask you, Amy. Yeah, Amy, you tell, spill the beans here. I, I, I think I think that I was probably me, um, just just maybe even louder than I am now, and with only a you know a partially a partially formed uh, brain because we say that you know that our brains don't fully form until they're twenty five, and so I think I was me just with a lot less judgment. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so you two, you really are your brand. How have you seen that help you guys uh, with just the growth of your business? Um, unpack that. Yeah. Well, I think the best place to start unpacking it is to start with the mistakes that we made early on. And I think the biggest mistake that we made early in our photography business and at a time in our business where uh, we were really struggling to get bookings and really struggling to get traction um, and really to attract the, the right time kind of brides for us. Uh, the mistake we made is that we were trying to be people that we weren't. We were we were looking around in the industry and seeing what all the other cool, successful people, cool and successful in air quotes, right, um, were doing. And we just started pulling things from their websites and from their blogs and from, from their style of kind of approaching social media. And what we realized is that when we were trying to be somebody that we weren't, we weren't attracting the right client. And so we had to have kind of a real kind of reevaluation of our brand and basically figure out what makes us unique. Because I think there are so many incredible wedding photographers um, all across America. And the thing that we realize and we tell photographers all the time is that your city doesn't need another wedding photographer. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of wedding photographers, but what your city needs is you. And I think one of the most powerful things we heard is somebody told us one day, they said, hey, why are you trying to fight for space on the same hill as everybody else? Go be your own hill and you can be king of that hill. Mm -hmm. And I think we kind of really took that advice to heart. And we realized that when Amy and I weren't being authentically who we were, we weren't attracting anyone. And when we were when we decided to be who we were authentically, we knew that when we did that, that there were going to be people who would never contact us and never want to hire us because we weren't the right fit for them. But what we found over the last three years, since we made that switch to, you know, stop trying to be like everyone else and to start being exactly who we were, um, the, the closer that we get to being exactly who we are, the closer we get to that exact type of client. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So what makes your brand unique? You know, you've kind of ditched this whole, like trying to be like everyone else thing and you've restructured it to be like, 100% Amy and Jordan. What is that? How Can you put that into words? Do you know what it is? Oh, that's a really great question. I think 
for us, like Jordan said, when we were trying to be everyone else, we, we just weren't being authentically us. Mm -hmm. And what we realized is like, you know, we're not the coolest people in the world. (laughs) Like some, you know, geeky habits and nerdy qualities. And, um, we just, you know, I think like at the end of the day, um, Jordan and I feel so blessed by our own marriage Mm -hmm. and we feel, um, we just feel like in this world where sometimes I think there's like this momentary, um, thing that's happening in in society where right when someone gets engaged, there's all these confetti emojis and everyone is so excited uh, for you. And then within a couple of days, you start hearing a lot of really negative things about marriage, like, like ball and chain, your life is about to be over, like live it up while you can. This is your last year. You know, it's kind of this horrible tone. Like they might as well give you like a card with family guy on it and say, here is your future. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right. I experienced the same thing. And what I think what we realize in terms of like building our brand is I think sometimes as creatives and as photographers and as business owners, we think that our brand has to be this one big overarching idea. Mm-hmm. And we do have a really strong why behind our business that kind of guides and directs every other decision. But I also think that great brands, they, they don't just connect in one big way. They connect in little ways all the time. And I think you see that in great brands that are out there like Apple and like Coca-Cola. And so what we realize is that the things that make us unique are the thing are, is the fact that we watch the Gilmore Girls on Netflix every night, and and, and we Jordan eat, likes it just as much as I do. Yeah, and, and, and that we eat you know Trader Joe's cookie butter straight from the jar. And I think what started to happen is as we started to share um, these things about our personal life that made us uniquely us, that is when things really started to happen in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of photographers are afraid to share who they are because number one, they don't think they have a story worth telling. And that's a lie. And number two, they don't think the little things about their lives are interesting. But what we realize is as entrepreneurs and especially as wedding photographers, there are very few people sharing a lot about their lives online. People share a little bit here and there on Facebook or a little bit here and there on Instagram. But once we started sharing those things, it was almost like every time we shared something about our life, it was a bridge. And we were just building these small bridges with potential clients and with other photographers. And I think that that would be one of our big pieces of encouragement to anyone looking to build a unique brand is to really sit down and say, what are some things that I just love? What are, what's true to my everyday life? And then find fun and interesting ways to share them. Um, Amy and I, when we were in high school, um, Amy started giving me um, gifts for my birthday and for anniversaries. And they were these little pink slips of paper because we didn't have any money. And so (laughs) For birthdays and and for Christmas and holidays, she would give me these little pink slips of paper and on them she would write, I'll never forget when. And then she would finish it with some small little thing that had happened in the last few months that we may have forgotten um, if we didn't write them down. And it really came out of this idea of the scene from this movie, Patch Adams, where Patch is kind of this out as Robin Williams and he's kind of an out of the box doctor. And um, he realizes that happiness and joy is one of the best things we can do in medicine. And there's this kind of grumpy, grouchy old lady uh, who's very, very unhappy. And Robin Williams finds out that her dream is to swim in a pool full of noodles. (laughs) He gets the nurses and the staff and they fill up a big inflatable pool with like pasta noodles. And they wheel her out in her wheelchair and they set her in the the bowl of of the, the pool of noodles. And she gets this big smile on her face and starts taking the noodles and pouring them all over herself. And Amy and I got, got the idea that, those pink slip files that we started writing to each other for birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, 
that one day, 50 years from now, we're going to forget all the little things about our marriage that made our marriage what it was day to day. Mm -hmm. And our kind of romantic idea was that one day when one of us is in our hospital bed, hopefully both of us, because we're going together, um, <laughs> that we would have trash bags of these pink slips that we could just go back and read them and, and relive the last 50 years of our life together. And what was interesting is that out of that, we started writing a series on our blog called The Pink Slip Files. And it's actually become one of our most popular series on our blog. And I wish I could say that it was things that were so remarkable um, about our everyday life, but it's not. I mean, the viewer, the, the listeners right now can't see us, but um, we are normal everyday people um, <laughs> who sometimes don't shave and sometimes don't wear makeup, right? <laughs> Um, the pink slip files are stories about like the time that I went to Chick-fil-A two days in a row and I siphoned off half the French fries on the way home. And both times I lied to Amy about it. And it was the only time in our marriage I'd ever not told Amy the truth. <laughs> and she said to me like, Hey, like this is the second day in a row that Chick-fil-A has only filled the fries halfway. Um, I like, I'm not one of those people, but I really think we should say something to the manager. That's not consistent with their brand. And, um, after the second one, that's when I had to finally confess. And we called the, the, the blog post confessions of a waffle fry. I had to confess to Amy that I was eating half of mine and then eating half of hers. So it would seem like it was Chick-fil-A's fault. <laughs> that's, sneaky. that's sneaky. That's sneaky. <laughs> it's only a five minute drive from our house to Chick-fil-A. So I had to do this very quickly. But what's interesting is out of those pink slip file blog posts, those are like everyday life stories mm -hmm. from our marriage. And even as recently as this week, you know, we shared a blog post about what we love to watch on Netflix. And it was one of our most popular posts in a long time. And I think that just as, as human beings, we all crave this really, really deep connection. And those of us who, who share our stories, um, we find ourselves connecting with a lot of people. So that's what we would encourage anyone who wants to build a personal brand to do. And that's the thing is when you're thinking like from a bride and groom's perspective, you're inviting someone into your wedding day. It, they really become a part of your family for the day. So your photographer is there in your dressing room. I mean, your photographer is with you more than your own spouse that day, you know? So I think the thing that has really helped us grow is just sharing those things so that people can feel that trust and connection so that they feel comfortable inviting us into their family for the day. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, just being able to provide that, that type of like relatable personality especially in in this industry it's 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 just so important it's crazy it's it's a necessity i mean like this is the most important day of a bride's life like she needs to have someone that not as like they're not just going to take great pictures but they're going to become someone that she can just genuinely trust is looking out for her and like will give her life on the day um like that it, honestly to me it's i think it's more important than the image quality that you end up producing in the end um yeah, so i love what you said ben because one of the things that amy and i say all the time is that we have basically two responsibilities as wedding photographers on the wedding day mm -hmm. and neither one of them includes taking photos and our responsibility is to love and serve. Yeah. And I think that that gets, has gotten so lost when we, we get so, I think, focused sometimes on image quality and how fast can we call and how fast can we post process and mm -hmm. what Lightroom presets are out there and like what <laughs> aperture should I be shooting at? And all those things are important. And we think that we should all strive for professional excellence, right? And behind the camera. But when you said that, like our job also is to infuse life into the day and breathe life into the day. And we have this amazing opportunity where like our attitude um, and the way that we approach it 
can either really enhance the day or it can really detract from the day. And I think what's so interesting in How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie says the two most important things that we can do is to number one, call people by their first name because it's the sweetest sound in the English language to them. And number two is we can smile. And what's interesting is sometimes I don't think we kind of step back to the fundamentals and really, really try on a wedding day to introduce ourselves to everyone in the getting ready room, to look them in the eye, to smile and to say their name and try to remember it. I mean, that is just so key. And we just have such a big opportunity to impact somebody's day. And I think it's just such an honor, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I literally just did a recording uh, a couple days ago this week uh, talking about uh, this very same concept and even just like, I guess I get a lot of pushback when I tell people this, like, just try to learn people's names, like just the effort of a alone, like, yes. Yeah, so what? There's 20 people. There's, there's 20, there's 20 people in the bridal party. Just like sincerely try. And even that will get you so much further than just like, Hey, you, you know, like it makes a huge difference. Definitely. Awesome. Okay. So we've talked about, you know, some of the, like the, the sweet qualities and the benefits to having such a personal brand. But I guess I want to push back a little bit. Uh, this isn't supposed to be a leading question. I'm not implying that. Um, but I, I want to hear maybe about some of the struggles that come with this because um, having such a personal brand, I, my assumption would be that it might be even hard to separate at times your personal life from your business life. Um, what are some of the struggles that maybe you guys find with with having such a personal brand structure? Are there any limits that you feel uh, are placed on you two? Well, I think one of the, I think you had a, a great point, and I think one of the most important things for us that we maybe didn't realize at first, but that we've started to realize more in the last six months to a year, is that especially for us as a husband and wife team, it can be really really hard to separate our personal life from our work life, especially because we work from home and most of the time our day looks like Amy sitting on the couch with her laptop and one of the cats near her and me sitting at the kitchen table and I'm hanging out with one of our other cats, right? (laughs) And I think that it's easy to fall into a routine where we're just working constantly. And then even when we're doing things that shouldn't even involve work, like going to the pool for an hour or going out to dinner or going to church or something like that, Um, sometimes it's hard to shut off work and shut off the brand and kind of shut off, like, what are we going to do next? I think that's kind of the biggest thing is that, you know, we always say for successful businesses and successful brands, if they're not growing, they're dying. And I think we have to be really careful as entrepreneurs and especially just as a married couple that we don't become so focused on the growth that we forget about the here and now. And that's one of our encouragements that we would say for anyone listening, especially for the parents who are listening. Um, Amy and I were elementary school teachers in next door classrooms. Amy taught fourth grade, I taught fifth grade. And we did it for three and a half years while we built our wedding photography business. And we saw the day-to-day struggle of what it looks like to have children and what it looks like to raise children and be a working parent and all the things that go into that. And, you know, you don't get a badge as a parent or likes on Instagram when you stay up working on long division with your fifth grader Mm -hmm. and you don't get any points on Facebook when you stay up with a sick child and it's two in the morning and you're thinking about the blog post you wish you would have had time to write for your brand or the promo photos or promo video you wish you would have had taken or had filmed. And I think it's so easy to lose perspective in our industry. And, you know, Amy and I don't have children. And so there's a, there's kind of a built-in advantage for us, right? In this industry that we have more time to dedicate to our brand because it really is at this point, our baby and it's important and we believe in it and, and we're proud of it, but we never would want parents who hear this to lose sight of the idea that for as important as it is for them to build a personal brand in their business to never lose sight of the little persons, right? Mm-hmm. That they're that they're loving in their home. 
Um, I think kind of one of the other struggles of building a personal brand that I would just kind of forewarn people about is that, you know, Seth Godin says that um, criticism comes to those who stand out and the best that timid can hope for is to go unnoticed. And I think that a lot of times for, you can talk to anyone who's built a personal brand, especially in our industry, um, whether they have five blog, you know, followers or 5 million blog followers. I think that as soon as you start to step out and stand for something, inevitably criticism will follow. And I think one of the reasons for that is that, you know, the Bible says there's no such thing as a prophet in his own town. And I think a lot of times when you start standing for something, especially in your local community, when you decide that you're, that you want to be something different or not something different necessarily, but you start to portray yourself online, I think there's natural criticism that comes with that. Mm -hmm. And what Amy and I realize is that when you have a strong, deep why behind why you do what you do, that it's okay to step out and stand for something. And Amy and I don't believe that we're polarizing in a negative way, but we do believe we're polarizing. And what I mean by that is that we stand for something. We have a really distinct writing style on our blog that really, really, really is a lot of fun for a lot of readers. And some people we think look at it and go, that's gross. You know, it's just not, doesn't connect with them. And so I think for anyone building a personal brand, just be okay with that because you're not supposed to reach everyone and you're not supposed supposed to work with every client. Mm -hmm. I think the goal is that if we all decide that we're going to be true to who we are and authentic to who we are in our brand, um, then the slightly negative of that, if you want to look at it that way, is that there are people that will just be turned off by that. But in reality, what you're doing is you're helping those people make a decision to hire someone who's a better fit for them. And it kind of goes back to what we were all saying earlier, that wedding photography is such a personal decision and you're literally choosing the people who are going to be in your getting ready room with you and then with you all day and so we would never ever ever want our online presence to be wishy-washy so that a potential client didn't know exactly what they were getting and more importantly exactly who they were getting um we're looking at our fall calendar right now and our spring calendar and we are so excited about every single name on that calendar Mm -hmm. because we really really feel like we're the right fit for them and they're the right fit for us and i think before we started like when jordan said when we were emulating other people we thought there was nothing special about our story we still i still remember so clearly um sitting um at, at our elementary school classrooms where we used to work we'd be you know, eating our soggy sandwiches and writing our math tests. And it felt like everyone else was, um, you know, at WPPI or everyone else was at this cool uh, class or everyone was rebranding or everyone was doing something cool that we were not doing. (laughs) And we used, I think the reason we fell into the trap of trying to emulate other people early on with our web presence and our branding is we didn't think that there was anything special about us. And that was such a lie. And that's what we... Um, really try to encourage photographers all over is I think everyone falls into the trap of thinking that their story isn't special and that their story doesn't mean something. And what we found is when we just started sharing our real true story about, you know, who we were, where we came from, how we fell in love, um, that we really started to find true connection with clients who we absolutely adored. And so we encourage all photographers like there is something really special about your story and you're going to be able to connect with people that Jordan and I could never connect with. And we just finished up a workshop a couple of days ago and we had a really interesting conversation at lunch one day. And I think I'm going to write a blog post called the lies we tell Mm -hmm. ourselves because I was sitting around a table. We had 16 workshop attendees, all of whom were women and they were all different ages, different sizes, different shapes, different stories, different types of photography. 
um, so different in so many ways, but so similar in the fact that so many of them didn't feel like they had something special to share with the world. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget a conversation that I had with one of those photographers who she was, um, she was a mom. She has multiple children. A few of uh, her last ones are getting ready to go off to college in just a few years. And as we were discussing her brand and her deeper why for her business, I don't think she felt like she had a special story to share. And as we were talking more and more, we realized that she's a senior portrait photographer. And most of the time on, you know, senior portrait sessions, who comes along to help out and be there to help with hair and makeup and outfits? Well, it's usually that senior girl's mom. And I said, how cool is it that you're at this point in your life where your kids are getting ready to go off to college, just like that mom's daughter is getting ready to go off to college. Mm -hmm. And yet here you are, you are building this thriving senior photography business Mm -hmm. at an age where a lot of people would think and believe the lie that it's not possible. And I said, you have this incredible opportunity, not just to love that senior and take amazing photographs of her, but also to encourage that mom who maybe is wondering, like, what am I going to do with my empty nest? That you could encourage that mom to have a second act. And I think that that, that's something so special. And um, we were talking with another photographer recently, again, who is a mom. And she was, we were talking with her about how to run a client consultation and how to talk through a wedding album with clients and show them what an experience with you looks like. And she said, you know, that's great for you guys because you're a husband and a wife team. And so you're able to tell great stories about being a husband and a wife. But I'm a single shooter and I'm in my 40s and I have three boys and they're in high school. And I don't know how to tell stories like that. I don't have a compelling story. Hmm. And as we were flipping through her album, I saw a photo of a mom pinning a boutonniere on her son. Hmm. And I asked the photographer, I said, what's happening in this picture right now? And she said, well, that's the mother of the groom pinning the boutonniere on her son. And I said, why is that happening? Normally the florist does that. And she said, well, it's because at all of my weddings, because I'm a mom and because I have three boys and because I know those three boys will be getting married in the next five to 10 years, I don't want to miss the opportunity to pin their boutonniere on them and to give them away for the very last time. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her and I said, that's your story. Mm -hmm. I said, when you talk with potential clients, like your story is that you're a mom and that you see the wedding day differently because of who you are as a mom. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we look at our greatest, we look at things that we perceive as weaknesses when really they're our greatest strengths. And Malcolm Gladwell just wrote a great book called David and Goliath. And he basically talks about how all the things that we assume about the story of David slaying Goliath, we assume the entire time that David was the underdog, but Malcolm Gladwell breaks it down and basically says, for reasons X, Y, and Z, David was the favorite to win the entire time. And I think we have to almost in our brand start looking at our own life stories and figuring out what is the thing that we think is a weakness and how can we use that as a weapon? Because I think a lot of times we shy away from those things. Yeah, those are all, I mean, I love how perfectly you just illustrated those stories. Um, I think that there's just so many people out there who who relate to exactly what you're talking about. Uh, even just recently for myself, there's a, a young, uh, well, honestly, she is. She's a, she's a young girl who's got a kid and, and she's trying to figure out how does, how can she possibly make this a positive thing? Who's going to want to hire, you know, a 20 year old with a baby at home to shoot the wedding? And it's just one of those things that there is 
there's a really like a meaningful difference that, that qualifies you to do something great for that client and just really thinking through uh, what it could be. And I, I think too, it's really neat. Like the prodding questions that you kind of like pulled out of the girl that you sat with um, just about like, well, tell me about this picture. Tell me about this photograph. Tell me about these things. If, um, what would you say to someone who maybe is sitting there? This, the, the example that I gave, the 20-year-old girl, she's got a, a newborn at home and she's feeling like people don't want to hire her. Um, obviously, you know, you don't know who this is. You don't know her, her whole story. But I guess like um, to encourage her, is, is there any tips or anything that you could suggest uh, in regards to helping her think about what what is her meaningful difference? What is the thing that is is her story that's going to benefit the client? Do you have any advice or tips or or maybe even exercises to help kind of like brain dump all these kind of thoughts and come up maybe with something out of it? Yeah, I, I think it's a great question. And I, I think one of the things that helped us kind of develop a deeper why, because, you know, Simon Sinek wrote the great book, Start With Why. And it's the whole idea of like, if our businesses don't have a foundation in why, they can't, they, not only can they not grow, but if they do grow, eventually they'll die. They, we can't succeed in our businesses unless we know exactly who we are and exactly why we do what we do. And one of the things that Amy and I experienced in the fall of 2012 um, it was a November day and it was a hundred degrees here in, here in Phoenix, which is rare for November, but it does happen. And we were coming off a week where we were teaching elementary school during the day. We were doing parent teacher conferences at night. And then probably sometime in the middle of the night, we're trying to run our wedding and photography business. And, um, that Saturday, Amy had caught this nasty strain of the strep flu and a strep flu. Is that even true? Strep flu. <laughs> I think I say strep flu. I think, I think what you meant is strep diabetes. <laughs> yeah, I just like both, right? Like when you teach elementary school, it's like you get strep and the flu at the yeah, same time. Yeah. We just start combining things and making up words. But I remember shooting this wedding day where Amy had a hundred degree fever. We were out in a hundred degrees. It was exhausting. Um, it was coming off the tail end of this really, really long week. And when we got home that night, something really, really interesting happened. Normally when we would get home from a wedding, we would open the front door and Amy would immediately go to my left into our bedroom to jump in the shower and get changed into pajamas so she could come back out and start working on images. I would usually start unpacking our bag. And as I was unpacking our bag that night, I noticed that the bedroom light was off. And I thought that was really strange. And when I looked the other direction, I realized that the bathroom light in the, in the hallway was on. And the door was creaked just slightly. And because it was so unusual, I thought I should go and make sure everything was okay. And so I walked toward the bathroom door and I kind of put my hand on the door and, and very slowly opened it. And when I did, I saw Amy hovering over the sink and she was kind of doing this combination of like crying and like snotting. It was just kind of like a lot of fluid going into like the bowl of the sink. And <laughs> this is such a pretty story. It's a beautiful <laughs> story. Just, everyone take a moment. When you talk about visual exercises, let's imagine that. <laughs> Um, and I walked up very slowly behind Amy and I put my hand very lightly on her back. And when I put my hand lightly on her back, she just collapsed back into my arms without even looking. It was like an instinct. And I, I kind of lowered her down onto the cold towel bathroom floor. And my wife was there on the cold towel bathroom floor at midnight on a Saturday after a long week of parent teacher conferences, after a long week of teaching the students sick with a hundred degree fever tired from an entire day of shooting a wedding and giving her all to the client. And my wife is there crying in my arms and we, neither one of us said it at that time, but we both thought the same thing. What the heck have we gotten ourselves into? 
-hmm. is this even worth it? And I think what's interesting about that is about six to eight months later, we went full time in our business, but that was kind of a make or break kind of gut check moment for us. And so I think my message to anyone listening right now would be, if you haven't had one of those crying on the bathroom floor moments yet, you will. Um, And if you've had one before, you know exactly what we're talking about. And I think that's kind of the foundation to figuring out what your deeper why is, because for that mom who's listening, who's 20 years old and has a little one at home and is trying to figure out what's the balance between work and life and why am I choosing to stay up late at night to edit when I could be doing something else with my time? I think in life, whenever we're going to make trade-offs for our time, we have to know that it's worth it. And so from that moment on, Amy and I really had to find what was our deeper why. Why are we doing what we're doing? Because that is kind of the foundation of our brand, aside from those little bridges that we talked about earlier. And so one of the exercises we did was uh, we had a rare Saturday night where we were able to go to church. And normally we get to go on Sunday mornings, but we got to go on a Saturday night. And we brought two notebooks with us. And the entire time the pastor was preaching, we just wrote down our stream of conscious thoughts. And it was something that we don't typically do because we typically just write short notes here and there. But we just started writing everything that we were thinking and feeling. And then when we got home that night, we we thought it was going to be just a few minute conversation to recap our deeper why. And it ended up being a four hour uh, conversation through tears on our couch discussing like, why are we doing what we doing, what we're doing and why is it so important? And I think for anyone who's listening, doing something like that as an exercise, whether you go to church or not, um, even just sitting for an hour in your home and in, in quiet and just writing down, journaling almost like, what do I want out of this business? What do I want out of life? What is the gift that I want to give other people? And what do I want to endure beyond me? Mm-hmm. I think that when you start asking those kind of like deeper probing questions of yourself, um, you really, really figure out what your brand stands for. Yeah. Damn. I mean, what do I say after that? It's like, <laughs> I feel like you need a mic and you just need to like drop it. Like it's just so powerful though. I mean, like one of the th- reasons I'm just responding so greatly to what you're saying. And I think why our audience and, and why others are responding to so, so much of what you're saying is because we're, we're all feeling it and we've all experienced it. And, and just like painting this picture again, it just kind of like, it brings me back to my like crying in the cold bathroom tile moment. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, I, I totally get it. Um, you know, at, at, earlier on, I was thinking about, I wanted to get into questions about like um, how brand affects pricing and all that kind of stuff. But I think I just want to move past it because there's so much, uh, I think there's a, a much greater conversation that we're having right now. And I want to continue down this line. Um, I think this is, this is where the important stuff is today. Okay. You've already kind of touched on this a little bit, but when you guys very first started off to where you are now, how long has it been since kind of like day one for you to, to today? How long have you been at it? Oh, that's a really good question. Well, I guess it depends uh, where you decide to start. Yeah, let me define that because I totally know exactly what you're talking about. I'm like, well, I shot my first wedding like 20 years ago um, and you didn't really. You kind of like almost did. Anyhow, so let's say from the from the moment you went full time to today. Oh, okay. So we went full time um, at the end of May of 2013. Awesome. So now where you are today, like what do you wish that you knew then? that you, that you know now. Um, and I, I guess I want to open this question up to not only just about like, um, photography, but about, again, about you two, about relationships, about your, your marriage, about, um, about these things that are affecting so greatly our brands. 
I think that what we've realized as far as the business side of it goes is um, that you've never made it. Mm-hmm. I think that we had these ideas in our mind when we went full time, we set these really specific goals because we're big goal setters. And we said, okay, like when we get to this many weddings at this price point, that's when we'll feel like we made it. And what we realize is that there's no made it in wedding photography and there's no made it in any small business. And the second that you feel like you've made it, somebody is probably passing you because (laughs) you never arrive anywhere in this industry. You're always constantly moving. And so I think what I wish we could go back and tell ourselves a couple of years ago is that feeling that you have of, I'm always trying to play catch up. You will never be caught up. And I think that's something that we've really learned over the last two years. And we had to kind of embrace and accept that uh, we just can't do everything all the time. We just have to do the very best we can with the time we have every day by lining up our priorities and figuring out what's the most important to tackle. Um, I think the other thing we would just recommend to anyone listening is that Amy and I are really relational people. We Amy's an introvert. I'm an extrovert, but we both love people. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest mistakes we made early in our business is that we were relying solely on ourselves for referrals and for inquiries. And the problem with that as a wedding photographer is if you shoot only two weddings your first year, like in 2011, like we did, you shoot that first wedding, it's 12 months before the first bridesmaid gets engaged. It's another 12 months to 18 months before she gets married, which means that you could be waiting, you know, two to two and a half years at a minimum from the time that you shoot that wedding until something from that wedding turns into a booking. Mm-hmm. And so what we realize is that by getting out into our community and trying to build real meaningful relationships with wedding planners and venue coordinators and florists and cake artists and hair and makeup artists and just other people who are in the industry, we have this amazing opportunity to develop great relationships with people who have become some dear friends of ours. Um, and also now we get to work with them on the weekends and we get to help grow each other's businesses. So those would be the two things I think we would say to anyone who's kind of getting started out. And as far as the marriage part of it goes and the us relationship part of our part of it goes, I think that we kind of go back to our premarital counseling in the, in February of 2009, we had to do premarital counseling through our church in order to get married. And I think um, in 2009, Amy, definitely not because she's as close to perfect as it gets. I was a relatively, um, brash and arrogant uh 21 year old male as i think we all are you too i thought it was just me (laughs) oh man it makes me feel good about myself it's like one of those things right ben where you like you knew everything (laughs) i'm literally everything um and so did i which is funny because we both knew everything um but i remember sitting in our premarital classes listening to the counselors talk about here are some things coming down the road for you guys in your marriage. And this isn't to scare you, but here are the tools you're going to need to deal with those issues that come up. And I remember thinking at the time, kind of like what Dave Ramsey says, like, we don't need that, honey, because we got love. <laughs> and I think that was really kind of an arrogant approach to marriage, because what I realized is that, and Amy says this all the time, is that um, life is just hard. And so it's not that like marriage in and of itself is hard, but life is hard. And so whenever you're doing something that's really hard and you have two people and you're living under the same roof and you're sharing everything all the time, there's going to be conflict. And I think one of the things that we've realized, um, we read a book called Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egrich. And I think that is a great marriage book, but I think it's also just a great communication book for anyone, even if you're just business partners, perhaps, Um, because what we've learned is that we have to have a lot of grace with each other in the business. Otherwise, that can bleed over into our marriage. 
And what I mean by that is, you know, we're bound to screw up. Um, if you're not making mistakes, then your business probably isn't growing. And um, there are daily things that Amy does that I would do differently or that I do that she would do differently. And there have even been times um, in our in our business where one of us has done something that's cost us a booking or cost us a wedding. And now all of a sudden you're talking about the person that you love more than anything in the world literally costing you thousands and thousands of dollars. And there's kind of this moment where you have to sit back and realize like, you know what? Um, there is more to life than business and there's more to life than money and there's more to life than bookings for as important as those things are. So I just think for us, it's been really important for us to have a lot of patience and grace with each other and just to communicate really, really clearly. I think, you know, everyone always says clear communication, clear communication, communication is the key. (laughs) What we realize is, you know, Amy's mom taught us a really, really powerful one-liner that we use all the time. And I think it's probably taken any conflict we had and reduced it by 99.9%. And whenever one of us is feeling one way, we just look at each other and say, you know, when you did this or when you said this, it made me feel like this. And I think it's a really great way of saying to someone like, it's what you did. It's not who you are, because I think we got to be all really careful that we, that we're never looking at other human beings and saying like, because of who you are, this did this to me. Right. It's normally because of something that you did and you didn't mean to, And we just had to really make sure that we remind ourselves every day that we have each other's best interests at heart. You know, we committed um, to be married to each other because we want to bear witness to each other's life and we want to support each other. And there's nobody in the world that loves Amy more than I do. And there's nobody in the world that loves me more than she does. And sometimes I think in business, we can forget about that temporarily. We kind of like space out for a second and we forget that the person that's sitting right next to us has our very best interests at heart. Yeah. Yeah. Another drop the mic moment, man. (laughs) I love the way that you two just like, um, uh, that you, that you talk about one another, that you relate to one another. It's, and it's something that like, it isn't just, it isn't just your brand. It isn't just like a, a technique to like get people to, to feel connected to your business. And then do you want to buy an album? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's just so genuine. And I, that's like, that's something that I've, uh, I think um, this is our first time really like talking face to face like this, uh, pseudo face to face that I've, that I've always kind of like wanted to believe and assume about you guys, but now really like it to see. And it's just really encouraging and awesome. And I just feel like I have so much life that's being spoken to me right now that I'm super thankful just to have this opportunity alone. So um, thanks you two. I'm not done yet. I just wanted to say thanks you too right now. (laughs) That's so, that, that, that really is touching. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. So I I guess I I do want to start to wrap up here a little bit. Um, If, you could reiterate and maybe even just in, in one sentence, and I'll give you a second maybe to think about the a sentence. If you could reiterate um, one bit of this, one message for our audience to be able to like take home that like, this is the thing you want to hammer in. Um, what would that message be? What would that sentence be? Oh, I think for us, it would be something that Jordan had mentioned earlier um, in a three word sentence, uh, love and serve. And for us, I think there's nothing that's been more, uh, fulfilling and more rewarding and more, um, has done more to grow our business than to continue to remind ourselves 
of that attitude um, that every time we walk onto a wedding day, whether it's the 20th wedding of the spring or the first wedding of the season, that um, we have a unique uh, ability and privilege to impact a couple's uh, day on their most important day and that it's their one and only wedding day. That it might be the 20th wedding we shot that spring, but for them, it's their one and only wedding day that they'll remember the rest of their life. And regardless of whatever it is in your business, whether you're building a brand, um, whether you're blogging, whether you're um, whatever it is, whether you're interacting with clients, running a client meeting, sending an email, that whatever it is that you're doing, if you can go back to those three words, love and serve, if you can answer, am I doing this? Then you know you're on the right track. And I think it's so easy to get caught up, like Jordan said, in all, I mean, the photography world is just overwhelming with all of the options and choices. And, you know, are you, what client gifts are you sending? And um, <laughs> how are you shooting this part of the day? And what's your OCF setup? And all of those things are certainly important because we do care about image quality. But at the end of the day, if we can get back to the reason why we're in this business in the first place, um, I think that that will carry carry us through any question that we have in any situation. And I think also too, you know, the Bible says the, the first will be last and the last will be first. And the idea of loving and serving and having a servant's heart and humbling ourselves, you know, we are in a service-based business. And one of the things that we really struggle with is when we see in the many photography forums that exist today on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, it seems like we're in a very, we, we know that we're in a very me-centered culture right now. But I think we have to be very careful as wedding photographers that we don't confuse the fact that we're there to serve others and that their wedding is not there to serve our business. And we see a lot of times photographers where they're kind of, they will start something in a forum that says, you guys, I can't believe my client blank. I hate that so much. <laughs> and there's a parade of others who jump in and start bashing their clients and talking mm-hmm. negatively about their clients. And Amy and I truly, truly believe and John Acuff talks about this in, in the book, I believe it's Quitter, where he says, you know, if you're working a day job and you have a negative attitude at your day job, that can't help but spill over to your dream job. And I think that's the same in our wedding photography businesses. If we're speaking negatively about our clients behind their backs when they, when they aren't there to defend themselves, right, and we're talking negatively, that can't help but bleed over into our spirit and bleed over into the way that we're interacting with them. And I think it's a really dangerous because I think it's a vicious cycle for wedding photographers who get caught in that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a vicious cycle because when you're negative in one area of your life, then you're naturally going to be negative in a lot of areas of your life. And then you're going to continue to attract the clients that made you feel that way in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so I think as one like final piece of advice, because whenever whoever is listening to this right now is probably heading into a portrait shoot or heading into a wedding. And that's the reason why they're tuning in to figure out like, what can I do to help myself get better and, and do a better job in my business right now. And I think I would encourage you to look on your calendar and identify that bride or groom or that client that you think that maybe you're not looking forward to it for whatever reason. And maybe it's a legitimate reason. Like maybe they have said something to you that was rude or done something to you that wasn't kind. We would encourage you to love and to serve and to humble yourself and to do everything that you possibly can to kill that client with kindness. And I think that when you find yourself doing that, you will see a change in that client's attitude and you will change their entire wedding day. And that is really powerful stuff. Yeah. 
Thank you guys so much. Well, I want to be able to to help point um, the Six Figure community to to you guys. Where can people find you online if they want to see your work, if they want to see some of your education? Where can people find more of you guys? Totally. Um, the best place where people can find us is if they go to amyandjordanblog.com slash dreamjob. Um, Amy and I have actually created a free ebook, an educational resource for anyone who's out there. Um, it's kind of our 13 practical steps that we use to get from where we were to where we are today. And as kind of a bonus, when you sign up for that free ebook, you also get a free one-year subscription to the Monday Minute, which is our um, exclusive email newsletter for photographers. And it's basically 52 um, messages that you'll get from us every single Monday morning where we basically are writing from the trenches. I think that a lot of us feel like we're in the trenches and it's where Amy and I have shared over the last year, our trials and tribulations that we've been facing in our business and in our life every single week. And it's really, really powerful stuff. And I would just encourage everyone to take advantage of it because it's completely free and something that we just hope blesses others. That's awesome. So uh, amyandjordan.com slash dream job, correct? Close, amyandjordanblog.com slash dreamjob. Perfect. Thank you for clarifying. You yeah, guys, no thank you so much, again, just for giving me an hour of your time, for, for uh, helping to encourage and lift us up, uh, to point us in, a, in, I think, a better direction for our businesses and our brands, and um, really get us, we're here on a Friday, we're all kind of going into a Saturday here, ready to shoot a wedding, and then to start another week, and I think um, you've helped to align ourselves to, uh, to the right way of thinking. So, thank you guys so much this has been truly a joy for me and i hope for everyone else oh thank, well, thank you, you so much it's been, we felt the exact same way thank you so much for having us awesome you guys we'll talk soon okay okay bye bye thank you so much for listening everyone my biggest takeaway was just how important it is for us to truly love and care for our couples on the wedding day it is Simply not enough to just show up and take pictures. That is at most only half of our job. A huge thanks to you guys, our listeners, just for tuning in. We appreciate all the love and support that you give us here at Six Figure Photography. If you like what you heard, give us a quick review or head on over to sixfigurephotography.com for more great content. We'll talk soon, guys. See you in a week.